You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Yes, 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 my friends. We preach the need and the importance of doing your own damn research here. And we added a little damn to do your own research because we believe there should be some extra emphasis on that do your own research that we hear preached a lot. But in 2022, especially with projects now that are more elaborate, more, you know, have some more strategy behind it. Some of them are funded. Some of them are using legacy IP. Some of them are coming from web to, you know, founders and leaders that are, have had massive amounts of success. Do your own damn research really requires a whole new level of things to research, people to research. And one of them happens to be with who we're partnering with, who these projects are partnering with, why they selected partners, all of the things that come around partnership. And I could actually argue that I'm not sure we're going to see very many projects moving forward that are, are, are truly designed for long-term success to not include a pretty big partner. And we're already seeing it in the space. And I'm going to explain that here on this episode, but before we do so, Going to give a shout out to our Mint of Mint 365. It is actually yesterday's Mint uh, on October 2nd. It's also my youngest brother's birthday. So, uh, you know, happy birthday, Doe. Uh, it's, I think he's 35 years old today. Young, young buckaroo. But uh, we minted the Muhammad Ali Next Legends project. And I've been tracking the project for a little while, mainly because, well, because of their partners. Um, wasn't really aware of the project itself, but I, w- I have been following the non-fungible labs as well as the altered state machine, which are, are really two, um, let's just say, you know, groups uh, of, of, you know, that are really trying to, I would say, put, a, put a, uh, a kind of team around the entire launch process, everything from the tech to the marketing to the strategy, but also kind of thinking about it from like a, you know, building a team, right? And, and what I would what I want us to think about here is that what we're starting to see is we're starting to see like Disney versus Paramount versus discovery, right? The idea that all of these different, um, you know, bigger, uh, you know, let's just say bigger containers are, are working to like kind of launch their own projects underneath them. But we're also seeing other projects that were kind of born outside of the eco, the you know, ecosphere, and then they're kind of teaming up. And the Muhammad Ali Legends project um, is one we minted. And they're really focusing on a, a AI, a, I believe it's a, yeah, an AI metaverse boxing game. Um, and, you know, they they have um, different you know components of this uh, project. They have a, a gym bag, but then they also have the, the boxers component um, of it as well. Uh, and of course, using, uh, you know, in combination with the Muhammad Ali um, IP, which is really no nothing to sneeze about, because you know he floats he floated like a butterfly, stung like a bee, 
and without question, the, the greatest boxer of all time was a man named Muhammad Ali. See how I rhymed that? Uh, yeah, don't worry. You won't see any more of that. But for me, that's part of the, the interesting piece that leads directly into our, in our conversation um, for the podcast today because we've had some big names, some, some names of, uh, of projects and names of companies that have made a splash recently over the last, uh, I'd say many months. But I mean, what I care about this is when we start thinking about you know, how are projects coming to life? You know, the, the old days of a brand just dropping an NFT out of nowhere, those are done without question for brands. But I'm not sure many of us saw this coming where if you were launching a project, an NFT project, and this is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to separate these two different worlds. If you're, if it's a NFT project where the, the leader and the brand was born on the blockchain, that's going to be one side. But if there's another group where the, the brand, the business, the team was, bef- was born outside of the blockchain, well, I believe those projects are now coming in with a kind of a, a partnership uh, collaboration uh, type mindset. And we've seen this kind of sporadically over uh, the last many months. Some, of, some brands or some projects partner, and I don't want to use brands because when we say brands, we immediately think Bud Light, Disney, and those, right? But I want us to think about all projects of all shapes and sizes. But what I mean by not born on the blockchain is maybe they had a Web2 company, or maybe there are two people that are three people or four people that worked together previous to this NFT project in another company and are you know, doing some other something else. And now they're coming together to launch an NFT. And what we're seeing is that everything from the Mint website to the marketplace to the marketing to like the team of influencers, even maybe the influencer agency that they're using, all of those things seem to be being productized underneath of these like partnership umbrellas. And so a couple of them that I'm going to highlight here on the podcast, um, I already mentioned the Muhammad Ali one that we minted for the collection. But of course there was, you know, Disney was in the news. Uh, They hired a a lawyer, they're hiring a lawyer, an NFT lawyer, which I thought was interesting. But then you had the likes of um, Bud Light, which, you know, anyone that's following me on social, uh, Bud Light actually sent me a a box of beers, um, which was for their kickoff beers uh, for the NFL. Um, and it's tied to their NFT, uh, their NFL NFT project that actually launched today where they're doing a, a survivor pool. And, I, and I'll talk about them a little bit more uh, in a second. And full disclosure, they didn't pay for me to, they didn't pay me to do any of that. They, they asked me if, you know, Hey, what was your favorite team? We want to send you some um, beers. I said, yes. Um, but you know, this is, you know, you know, do your own damn research on any of the, the projects that I'm, I'm bringing up um, in this example. And then of course, um, you know, within that, you know, kind of par- partnerships of Bud Light was they're partnered with Dapper Labs, right? And most are familiar with Dapper Labs, uh, with Top Shot and some of the other um, projects that they've brought to life, especially around sports. But then you had a, a, a brand that I've spent a lot of money on. Honestly, I've spent a lot of money on this brand and that is Build-A-Bear. Now, if you're not a parent or, you know, well, I guess maybe if you're a, a Gen if you're a Gen Zer, maybe you were given a Builder Bear or you were taken a Builder Bear for um, you know a birthday party. But uh, I didn't realize they've been in business 25 years. They're actually celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. But Builder Bear um, launched uh, or announced today, officially today, that they are launching their own NFT and they partnered with Sweet.io. Now, Sweet.io is kind of um, you know positioning themselves as a as a as a company 
that big brings brands and IPs NF- NFT experiences to life, which to me, I think that's a, you know, it's very similar to a recur. It's very similar to a lot of these brand um, type ones that we've seen, um, you know, like even Starbucks, right? Starbucks teamed up with a giant, you know, marketing agency. And, and I think it's interesting because no, none of these are really calling themselves marketing agencies. And I think that's the reason for that is, is that they're also including community and the technology um, in their actual deployment. So Build-A-Bear um, was teaming up, which I actually thought, you know, I, I listened to their uh, Twitter space today just to get an idea of, you know, all the things that they have going on um, in the Build-A-Bear um, ecosphere. And I'll tell you, I, I actually think it's a pretty smart strategy. They're dropping a one-of-one, um, you know, Schwarzky Crystals uh, NFT Build-A-Bear um, this month. Next month, they're doing 25 one-of-ones. And then in December, they're going to do a 5,000-piece um, digital uh, collectible uh, NFT drop, which, hey, they're following a lot of that rule that we say, right? Be a collector first. And then build up your, you know, NFT awareness as you kind of go along, right? Like as, as things continue um, to emerge, right? So they're not just dropping one out of nowhere. They're dropping first a one of one, then a series of one of ones, um, and then a collection. And I'm sure that was driven um, by the team over there at Suite.io, um, which I think is a, a, an interesting, um, you know, partnership. And, and I don't know much about them. Uh, I have been following them on social for a good while, but I'm not sure um, much about them beyond, you know, that component. So we have the Bud Light one that I mentioned. We have the Muhammad Ali one that I mentioned. We have Build-A-Bear um, that I you know also mentioned. And then we have to think about some of these other ones that have come to life over time. And and part of the thing that I that to me that is more important than these projects, right? These projects, you can do your own damn research and go look at the projects, decide if they're worth your time. Like that's not for me to decide. I don't use the podcast for that. But what I do want you to start thinking about is it's no longer like what if the founder is really trustworthy? They're doxxed. What if the team seems to be really well uh, designed and really, you know, very active in the NFT space, but the people they partnered with for their launch and for their experience have never done anything very ethical. And maybe they're, 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 they're not as established in the space. How do we weigh that as we move forward? And so what I mean by this is I actually think if you're a project founder, you need to really, really hone in on those that you're partnering with, especially if it leads to a point of no return. And if you don't know what I mean by point of no return, I have a whole episode on that a couple uh, days ago. And thanks to many of you that reached out that said they loved um, that podcast episode. But the whole point of that is that I believe Web3, we talk about it, roll with the punches, right? We don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket, right? We have This space is always changing. It's why we did a daily podcast because the space changes too much. But guess what? If, 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 if I hadn't pivoted the style and the methodology of this podcast or even the NFTs that we've been buying, I would have been put myself somewhere that was not going to be sustainable. And this is where I think prod, NFT projects really have to be careful. And I hate to give a shot at, I, take, I hate to take a shot at a company or a brand, but it's one that I love dearly. But man, it's one that let me down yesterday. For those that aren't aware, I had a friendly wager online with this guy that maybe some of you have heard of. Uh, he goes by Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, Gary V, you know, the founder of V Friends, who I've been lucky enough to, uh, you know, been connected with since 2014. I tweeted him over the weekend um, after, you know, 
him and I going back and forth for many years. He's part of the inspiration for uh, the podcast as he kind of kicked me in the, you know, in the, you know what, and told me, you know, you better go all in um, on NFTs. But we, I put out a friendly wager and he agreed that if my Pittsburgh Steelers won, he would come on the podcast as a guest. If his New York Jets won, I would buy a V Friends Series 2, another one, as I'm already a holder. So unfortunately, yesterday afternoon, I am now the holder of two V Friends Series 2 because my Pittsburgh Steelers let me down. And it was tough. Um, I like to implement a 24-hour role. Um, you can now, the 24 hours since the loss is there, so we can now talk about this. Um, but I take my Pittsburgh sports very seriously. I born and raised in that town. I bleed black and gold. Daughters were born in terrible towels. I got a Steeler tattoo. I mean, I'm all in there. But I lost the bet. I, I owned my side of the bet. And I, I thank Gary for taking me up on um, that opportunity. But I mentioned the NFL let me down, and I'm not talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers. I own three different NFL NFTs. And the craziest thing about them They are on three different marketplaces, three different blockchains, and none of them are marketed or brought to life the same way. And I will tell you, one of them has me extremely frustrated because I loved the way that they were using the Polygon uh, blockchain. I thought it was creative with the way that they were using the NFTs to capture, you know, the teams, the moments, and then like the, the... you know, if you made it to the playoffs, there was an NFT for that. And that was NFTs with Ticketmaster. So NF, the NFL teamed up with with Ticketmaster to launch what, uh, and I'm not even sure what they call them, but it's nfl.live-nfts.com. And here's the problem. I bought these last season and there was 0% marketplace attention for the entire off season. But that kind of made sense, right? There's not many people paying attention to NFL NFTs in the offseason, perfectly fine. But that leads me into the discussion of NFL all day. NFL all day is what I would consider it's their fantasy football play of NFTs, where they're competing kind of like with the DraftKings um, Rainmakers or the NFL Rivals, um, you know, series where there's, you know, different, you can buy different players, you can start different rosters. So that's one of the, uh, you know, the other NFL um, NFTs. And then on top of that, you have the NFL NFTs that are dropped by the different teams at different stadiums and that are part of different um, you know, uh, product and merchandise launches. I'm telling you, I am a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I am a diehard NFL fan. There's no other sport that I pay attention to more. And guess what? I'm confused as hell of where my, my NFTs are where the marketplace is, why, how do I even see them? What login do I have to do? And here's the truth. If I'm confused and I'm overwhelmed, what the hell is the average person that is not all in on Web3 or NFTs going to feel? Now, this isn't a, a, an episode about the, uh, a shot at the NFL because, honestly, the other sports leagues haven't even really jumped all in on the, on the space. And if they have, they've done it very... Um, controlled, right? They, they're almost like, Hey, we control the players IP and web two, let's control it in web three. Right. And we've seen some great, um, athlete led NFT projects, right? We have, um, the Bubblegum kids, which is Zach, who's an NHL player. We have meta athletes, um, which, you know, of course is with, uh, our good buddy that they're in a major league baseball player for the Oakland A's. We have, uh, the diamond dogs with Evan, who's a major league baseball player. Lots of projects that are out there that have kind of athlete born on themselves. But here's why all of this is kind of tied together. 
Because if you were an athlete right now, are you going to launch a project on your own? Are you going to try to team up with like the, the sport that you're playing, right? The overall entity, or are you going to try to team up with partners that might bring your project to life? Now, I think most are going to go to the partner side, right? Because they don't want to be controlled by the, the big, you know, the big brother of the, of the sports world or above the brand world. But this is where I'm really worried for NFT projects because here's the truth. And I want you to think about this. There are going to be a lot of great NFT projects that are going to select the wrong partners, the wrong blockchains, the wrong mint experience. And unfortunately, they're going to die and they're not going to be very good. And I believe a lot of it is going to be because they siloed themselves and they got stuck on what they actually deployed on. Now, this isn't just for big projects. Maybe you're an artist, and this is going to sound really weird for me to say, but myself, as an NFT artist, an AI artist that sold out my very first drop, and once again, shout out to everyone who bought that first drop, you know, I launched on Nifty Gateway. Now, I'm very familiar with Nifty Gateway. I also know the parameters of Nifty Gateway. And I, when I talked to Rob and the team at Nifty Gateway, I said, I, I'm not going to be comfortable partnering unless I have some answers to these questions, which are things to me that didn't make it to where I was, you know, you know, a point of no return. And what I mean by that was, was like, who controls the smart contract? How are the royalties um, set up and how can I edit things um, as I move forward, right? Because I've also just this weekend dropped uh, an NFT on using Manifold, which is launched on OpenSea. And I did a collaboration um, with Sabbath and Kiku's World. Um, I did 11 piece collaboration that I dropped over there using Manifold on OpenSea. And what's beautiful about that is I used Nifty Gateway for our, our project this past Friday. Our launch this upcoming Friday will be on Nifty Gateway, of course, again. But the beauty of this is the one I used on Manifold that was directly for sale on OpenSea is, can live in the same marketplace as my Nifty Gateway drop. So although I'm focusing on people being able to buy it on Nifty Gateway because you can use fiat, you can use crypto, you can use credits. I like their launch. I like their marketplace. And it's also very curated. It also doesn't put me to a point of no return. Now, there are other projects that are launching. And, 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 here, and let's get this clear. The blockchain, weirdly enough, is not the place that is limiting, right? You can launch an NFT on the Flow blockchain and since six months from now realize that you don't want to be on the Flow blockchain, which I'm a huge fan of the Flow blockchain, by the way. So uh, I'm pro uh, NFTs that are, are launching there uh, for a multitude of reasons. But you could actually say, okay, we're going to drop, we're going to do, uh, we're going to move to, to ETH, right? We maybe for whatever reason, it's a bad example, but for whatever reason we didn't like, let, let's say, I'm going to flip it to a different example. You launch on Avalanche. You have an NFT on Avalanche and then you realize, man, Avalanche doesn't have the right developer tools and things that I need for my project. I need to pivot to Solana, for example. Well, you can do that as long as you have you know, strong communication and you, you build out the mechanics for someone to burn their Avalanche NFT and launch on Solana. That's not, that's not a point of no return. A point of no return is if you build a marketplace that is on a that is on a platform or stuck in an arena of something similar, right? So if you are, if you end up being, you know, siloed in that way, that can be one of those um, limitations where the marketplace itself is built and contained where it is only viable 
if you're using that one blockchain or if you're using one type of smart contract or if you're using one type of uh, deployment of assets. And so the real big thing that I think we have to think about now is not only who are we partnering with, but why are we partnering? And then here's the part where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really double down and get on my soapbox. I believe Web3 partnerships need to be transparent. They need to be extremely transparent. And guess what? Right now, they are not. Most, if not all, NFT partnerships, uh, we are not aware of what's the percentage of the mint that is going to the partner. How much of the NFTs are being held back for the partner teams? How many do the, the partner teams get um, allow list spots? Do they get early access spots? Are they getting uh, a percentage of IP revenue on the back end? Uh, are they, how much control are they having with the deployment of the project? There is one team that I know of that they pretty much gave up control of their NFT project to allow this one marketing team to manage a lot of the, the ins and outs of their community. And to me, that's a scary proposition because then who owns the NFT? Who is the one throat to choke? Uh, sorry, I like, I like using that example, but I also know it's not a pretty visual. But what I mean by that is if a project is failing, are we going to hold accountable the partners as well as the NFT project team, as well as you know, the blockchain that they're using, for example? This is something we have to start thinking about. Because when I look at projects that are launching, we could look at the ones that are launched on Recur. We could look at the ones that have launched in the past with Dapper Labs. We could look at the ones that launched with Nifty Gateway. We could look at the ones that launched on Known Origin or Super Rare or ones that launched. I mean, we could go pretty much, you could go a full gamut. Now, most of the ones that launched pre to this summer, it was a partnership on like the deployment of it, right? So if you launched on, um, on a, you know, marketplace. It was for the marketing and advertising of the mint. But what I'm seeing now is that these partnerships are much deeper than just launch partners. They're partners for the long term. And so if you are a investor, a collector, someone that is excited about a project, here's the bad news. Do your own damn research just got a little bit more complicated. Now here's the good news. Doing your own damn research eventually could become a little bit less complicated because here's the truth is if some of these partners become established and here's how I believe they will become established. They have to have very strong communication plans. They need to be transparent in how their partnerships are going. And they also have to be willing to admit that sometimes their partners are going to be wrong. And we, in this NFT space, we have to give grace for that, but we also have to hold these partners accountable. Like I am not okay with partners partnering with NFT project, project failing, the partner blaming the project, and then trying to launch and get more money from us. You can do that once, but do that twice or do that three times and you're going to have something to be accountable for. But what I, I like about this, where I like we're going with this entire movement of, uh, of partners and really this deployment beyond what we're seeing today is that it's going to give us more touch points if we're not as familiar with the core team, if we believe that the partners do, a, do, do their own due diligence before they select a project, now we're going to be able to kind of lean on the partners. And so it's really going to give us kind of a, a breadth of people, places um, to do our own um, damn research on. And I'm excited for that because what the reason I think that's a good thing 
is because I think the NFL problem right now, which is not the only just the NFL problem, by the way, there are there are plenty of other IPs that have dropped. You know, like there's a couple comic IPs they've dropped on four different NFT platforms. Even look at Atari. Atari just recently had a drop. I went and found Atari. That's Atari's technically third NFT drop. And guess what? All three of them, different blockchains. All three of them, different partner marketplaces. Right? Now, one could say, as early adopters, you can almost get away with that. But I will argue, if it becomes where the NFL has become for me, now we're in all kinds of different, you know, um, you know, scenario. And I would even argue one to watch is Starbucks because this Starbucks first launch, I think is going to be golden. I think it's going to kill. I'm excited to see them, um, you know, really bring this, this NFT project to life. But here's the thing, the way that they're doing it is outside of crypto, right? You can't buy a Starbucks NFT with cryptocurrency and you don't need a wallet. And they haven't told us if they're going to allow us to migrate our NFTs onto the main net into like a MetaMask or a rainbow wallet or a phantom wallet um, or whatever it may be. They haven't disclosed that information yet, but it, let's say they do, or they say they don't. The question becomes, what if Starbucks does a partnership, let's say with the Seattle Mariners, the baseball team that just made the playoffs for the first time in a long time and shout out to Seattle Mariners. I loved, I'm a big King Griffey Jr. fan back in the day. And so I've always had a sweet spot for the Seattle Mariners, but Starbucks is from Seattle. Seattle Mariners just made the playoffs. If they partnered with the Seattle Mariners to drop an NFT, let's just say on the Ethereum blockchain, doesn't that add to the confusion of, well, where is Starbucks NFTs living? And if I go to the Starbucks marketplace, why don't I see the Seattle Mariners NFTs? Oh, they're different market. They're different blockchains. Oh, they're different partners. Oh, they use different mint mechanisms. Oh, they have different um, contract structures. Well, now this is a whole nother thing. And then the last thing I'm going to say Sweet.io, Recur, um, VV, there's a lot of these platforms. What they are providing is they are providing a centralized onboarding marketplace to allow people to buy their first NFT. Ultimately, Nifty Gateway is the same. So I'm going to put them in out there. What is beautiful about Nifty Gateway, you could be listening to this podcast right now and you could say, you know what? I want to buy Brian Fanzo's very first uh, AI art. You can go over to Nifty Gateway right now. You could go down and find our collection. There are a couple that are already available on the secondary market. And you do not need a MetaMask wallet. You do not need to have cryptocurrency at all. You can simply sign up for a Nifty Gateway account. You can go through and verify who you are. And you can buy it with your credit card. And you do not have to be on the main net. You do not have to understand all of these other complexities. That is a beautiful thing for onboarding. What Nifty Gateway does really well is that it allows you to set up a MetaMask, connect the two, and now you can transfer your NFT from one to the other, and it's a beautiful onboarding kind of like streamline. Now, what some of the other marketplaces aren't doing is that. Now, Recur, I've already talked about Recur on the podcast. They did this really well. When they first came to life, this was not even a solution. I remember being like, oh, crap. I bought a Star Wars Oh, no, it wasn't Star Wars. What's the other one? Star Trek. Sorry, I'm not a Trekkie or a Star Wars guy. Uh, I know some of you are just hate. I mean, some of you literally just stopped watching, listening to the podcast. I apologize. I'm not, that's not my genre of expertise. But we bought a Star Trek NFT. And then I realized, oh crap, it's stuck on the recur marketplace. Thankfully, they adapted their marketplace. And now I can actually hit export to mainnet and it will transfer it to my mainnet wallet. 
Now, prop, you know, platforms like Sweet.io or let's say Ticketmaster or let's say some of the other ones, how they allow us to onboard and then go from there is going to be a big, you know, touch point. And so I'm just going to say this and I'll kind of wrap on this note. I'm excited for the power of partnerships. I'm also scared at how partnerships in many cases can bring down and be like, you could pick the right blockchain, the right art, the right team, and the wrong partner, and it could be the, the death of your NFT project. Now, one could argue you could pick no partner, and that could be the death of your partner, your project as well, because you're not bringing enough to the table. There's not enough you know, people that are bringing it to life. But I think that the answer to this all is, once again, over-communication and hyper-transparency. Let's be transparent on our partnerships. Let's be transparent on where, who's getting what and why they're involved. If you're using Mint.store, if you're using PreMint, if you're using uh, Manifold, if you're using any of the onboarding, like if you're using any of these backend pieces, let's be very, let's just own that, right? Like put it, put a white paper out on your website and say, hey, here's, here is a full breakdown of our partnerships and our setup. Because if you do that and something goes wrong, we are so much more likely to forgive you, roll with you, be ride or die. But I tell you what, if you come to, to, to bat with all these partners lined up, all this, this full court press, and we don't know who's doing what, and all of a sudden NFTs are being drained and, and things are being sent to phantom wallets, and then you come to us and say, oh no, one of the partners we picked, um, we gave them access to 500 NFTs and they sold them um, below the floor because they were mad at us. Well, what are, what are we going to first say? Wait a second, you did what? You gave 500 NFTs to who? So we are first are going to feel like you just kind of screwed us over. Second of all, we're not going to really feel bad because you didn't even let us know that was a vulnerability or a, a, an existing um, relationship within your, um, your project coming to life. And so as you can tell, I'm a little fired up on the topic, but partially it's because I love the power of partnerships, collaborations, higher influencers, higher media partners, sponsor podcasts, sponsor YouTube videos. I am all for the power of collaboration. It's the premise of we are greater than me, right? Together we can do better things. But let's be very truthful in the fact that if we build the wrong team, well, you might just end up losing to the freaking New York Jets and, well, buying yourself a Friend Series 2 rather than setting up an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk. As always, my friends, do your own damn research. None of this is financial advice. I try my very best to be overly transparent in everything that I share here. If there is an existing partnership or relationship, I will make sure to disclose it to the best, very best of my uh, ability. I do not want to be, for me, I've learned long ago as an influencer, the more I was transparent, the more I said this is a sponsored post, the more my community came to support me. Because they said, Brian is giving free content. Brian is you know, uh, you know, always caring about the community. Wait, this brand is partnering with them? I'm going to go support them. And so I've kind of flipped that whole model on its head. And I believe the more transparent I can be, the more I can just tell you, hey, Bud Light sent me a box of beers because they hit me up on Twitter DM and said, hey, Brian, we want to celebrate the kickoff weekend this weekend. And I said... Sure thing, right? There was no agreement for me to promote. There was no mandate for me to talk about anything else. I didn't have to bring them up on my podcast, but I wanted to make sure that is very well disclosed and I would just challenge everyone. If the podcast you're listening to, if the Twitter space you're listening to, if it sounds as if they're in the back pocket of somebody and they're not disclosing if they have a relationship with that brand or that person, I think you have to reach out to them and ask because I think a lot of shady things, you know, Kim Kardashian 
just had to pay a $1.5 million fine, $1.5 million fine to the FCC because she didn't disclose a crypto pump and dump that she was, that she was in a relationship with. And now she got fined for it. So remember who you partner with as an influencer, as a creator, as an NFT artist, as an NFT project founder, it all matters. It's all important. And we have to be very strategic about who we partner with, who we bring to, uh, to life, and then ultimately how transparent and how communicative we are. As always, my friends, until tomorrow, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.